This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Alan Condon, Editor-in-Chief at Becker's Healthcare. He joins us regularly to discuss key stories he's following, often from the financial perspective, but sometimes from the perspectives too. Alan, let me tee it up and have you take it away. What are a couple of the core stories or trends you're watching currently? Yeah, thanks so much for the tea up, Scott. So two big stories I wanted to focus on today. I think the biggest news that came out uh, this morning was HCA Healthcare um, reporting their financial results for Q4 and then for year 2023. Um, so just a couple of key, key details coming out of that report. Um, HCA now operates, just by point of reference, 186 hospitals um, across the U.S. Uh, reported net income for 2023 of $5.2 billion. That's down slightly from $5.6 billion in 2022. Um, but I think the important thing to note here is revenue has really increased by $4.8 billion year over year to $65 billion overall in 2023. So I think the, the big caveat for that net income uh, is that in 2022, uh, HCA saw a big, big boost in ter- $1.3 billion uh, boost to be precise in terms of gains from facility sales. Uh, it did not offload as many facilities in 2023, hence a little bit of a, um, a drop there in, in the overall net income. But for 2024, HCA really sees that a year of getting back on track, uh, is expecting revenues to be, to be within the range of 67 to $70 billion. Um, and then net income for the for the year should be within the range of 5.2 to 5.6 overall. So a couple of key key details from the HCA report there. And the other big big news, would be remiss not to mention, is that HCA CFO Bill Rutherford is retiring from the health system after after more than a decade in the role. So he's been with HCA for 34 years, and 10 years of that 34 has been in the CFO role. So he will be succeeded by Mike Hart, who is HCA Senior Vice President of Finance, and that will, that transition will take place on May the 1st of this year. So, so when I hear these numbers, you know, $60, $70 billion in revenues, $5.2 billion in profits, operating income. Last year, they had a bigger income, but they had a capital gain because they sold some hospitals. This year, they didn't have that. So really, operating income being relatively solid to great. And then I look at the biggest not-for-profit systems, 30 $35 billion systems that don't have anywhere near those margins. Any thoughts on why HCA, you know, margins, you know, the whole world of not-for-profit healthcare feels tremendous margin pressures. The largest systems feel tremendous margin pressures. Those systems are usually 30 to $35 billion, you know, Comet Spirit, Advocate Health, and others. But HCA, in contrast, those are wonderful margins. Why is that? Any sort of take on why those margins are so much better? Yeah, yeah, I think really interesting question. Something um, we're actually looking to dive deeper into this question, specifically, hopefully, with a call with the HCA executive team on the back of the earnings call today. But I think just a big, big thing that comes to mind and jumps off the page for me is just the size of the portfolio first and foremost as did mention obviously uh, 186 hospitals across the u.s and very different markets but obviously it is a for-profit system like you said not like, not like the non-profit systems but in terms of that diversified portfolio i think one key key area of growth as well not not quite on the level of the hospital sector but i know hca is really pumping a lot of money 
a lot of uh, funds into its growth across these uh, high acuity service lines across the board and really, really looking to expand in the outpatient sector, particularly where it sees a big, big opportunity in terms of uh, outpatient revenue growth. I believe outpatient revenue growth overall in the hospital sector is up 40% over 2020 numbers, which kind of gives you a bit of an insight into this trend has obviously been been happening for a long, long time, maybe amplified and exacerbated by a pandemic, but really gives you an insight into where a lot of these big, big health systems are focusing a lot of their strategic growth efforts um, in the future. But yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of circle back on that exact question, just to get some more insights from the horses now, so to speak, um, hopefully within a conversation on the back of the HCA access. But certainly interesting to kind of uh, dive a little bit deeper into that question, Scott. Well, thank you very much. It's fascinating. The, the, the difference is fascinating. And, and, and people that attack HCA will say it's, well, they cherry pick their markets to do these other things. But really, the margins are astounding compared to some of the not-for-profits. And I am curious as to what's driving some of that. Any other stories that you're watching closely currently? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as you said, obviously fantastic margins there with HCA. The other story is going to touch on is uh, another for-profit system, but unfortunately, margins are really the, the opposite end of the spectrum. So, We've been covering quite a bit over the last week or so out of Stewart Healthcare, um, about 33 hospital systems. Uh, nine of those 33 hospitals are in Massachusetts. So we just heard that the Massachusetts Governor, Maura Healy, said that Stewart Healthcare will not be getting a bailout um, due to ongoing financial troubles, which seems to be really, really in a dire situation at the moment. Um, so the governor said the state officials haven't seen a plan yet from Stewart and that her goal is to really make sure that patients are protected, that jobs are protected, and that the healthcare system overall in Massachusetts is stabilized. So Stewart officials have come out and said that really low reimbursement rates from insurers are causing significant financial losses at many of its community hospitals, which could indeed jeopardize their ability to continue offering services. Um, the system is also looking to sell four of its nine hospitals in Massachusetts uh, to shore up some of its finances within the state there. Sure, just last year closed one hospital in Texas, also just released some details this week about plans to close another hospital in Texas. So a really challenging financial situation that, that seems to be evolving day by day, um, particularly in Massachusetts, where I said nine of the Stewart's hospitals are, are, are located. So. Um, continue to monitor, monitor this. Um, it seems to be a lot of parties involved. Obviously, the big, big question is uh, if some of these hospital closures, scale-back from services, would really, really impact uh, the Massachusetts healthcare um, sector. As I said, nine of those hospitals located across Massachusetts. So a big, big area of concern and hopefully something that we can get some, uh, some more info and some positive information in the next couple of days and weeks. Well, thank you very, very much and fascinating. And, and Stewart Healthcare may be the least sympathetic of the big health systems, private equity funded, lots of debt, all the kinds of things that people sort of voice against in healthcare. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that those voicing against private equity is necessarily right or wrong. But when you put a lot of debt on a low margin business, it's a prescription for problems. And that's what we have here. So sympathy for the patients, sympathy for the healthcare communities, but but certainly not a lot of it coming from the Massachusetts governor or others for Stewart Health System. Fascinating story, absolutely fascinating. Healthcare gone wrong. Thank you for uh, for that story too, Alan. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I think you summed it up perfectly there, Scott. I think uh, you know two stories both on different sides of the spectrum in terms of HCA and Stewart, but 
really, really interested and excited to see. We've got a lot of the for-profit health systems over the next couple of days and weeks reporting their Q4 2023 results. By the same token, we'll be paying close attention to the big, big non-profits, which you mentioned as well, in terms of what how their systems are looking on the back of the 2023 year. So a lot of good finance news coming down the pipeline. Uh, looking forward to kind of keeping you up to date over the next couple of weeks. Thank you very, very much. And thank you to our audience at Becker's Healthcare for listening. Again, Alan Condon, Editor-in-Chief, uh, brilliant watcher of the financial side, two of healthcare. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Scott. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.